0: everybody. Now I know that at the start of these uh, podcasts and, and and videos that you're used to Zach coming and greeting you guys. And so first off, I apologize for you guys having somebody way more attractive at the beginning of this video. But here's the thing. Today is episode 25 and Zach Zender will be joining me in just a moment. But I got to tell you, do you know who today's guest is? Anybody? Today's guest is in fact, Zach Sender. And you know the mission of this podcast is to inspire folks to be a better disciple wherever you may be. And today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is a one-time world record holder for the longest speech. What was 54 hours? 54? That's a long time. I encourage anyone on this podcast to try to speak for 54 hours. I did. I made it 72 minutes. Then I had a snack. Zach Zender not only broke a world record, he is a, a book writer. Where is that book? That being challenge. He's written the, the red letter challenge, the being challenge. He's got all kinds of books. He's a pastor. He just spoke to 20,000 kids at the National Youth Gathering and delivered one of the most exceptional messages. I love this guy like an adopted brother. This episode. Today is brought to you by red letter living have you heard of it you should have because it's episode 25 but you'll hear more about growing in your relationship with jesus and here's the thing i keep telling zach not to do this because i want to be brought back for season three but he's given the farm away ladies and gentlemen we're in nebraska he's given the farm away this is what he's doing if you're a pastor out there god bless you for doing the lord's work Zach wants to bless you today by giving you a free copy of The Being Challenge. You can go right now to beingchallenge.com forward slash church, and you give us your information, then I'll personally call you. No, I won't. I'm sorry, that's that's not in the... No, I won't call you, no. But we will send you a copy of The Being Challenge, and it's gonna be fantastic. Go get your free copy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, Before you get that free book, we are going to dig in and deep dive with the author himself into the Being Challenge during this podcast. You know, the new year is a great time to start some new habits. Maybe not a resolution because you'll just break that, but maybe you can start some new habits and this is a great time to start a 48 Challenge. Grab your free book and reach out to our fantastic team at Red Letter Living. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from Omaha, Nebraska, episode 25, let's do it! Ladies and gentlemen, today, on the Red Letter Disciple, something that we've never done in nearly two seasons of broadcasting. You might be asking yourself, guys, where's Zach Zender? That's a great question because most of the time we're both on together. But today, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in podcast slash YouTube history, I turn the mic around and interview the one, the only, the man whose initials are ZZ, who once broke a world record for the longest speech and then unceremoniously had it taken away literally months later. Ladies and gentlemen, applaud our friend Zachary Zender.
1: Wow. (laughs) Oh, how are you hey chris good to see you today it's good to see you buddy so, that was a really great uh, I, now i'm on the receiving end of one of those introductions and that feels nice yeah
0: yeah i mean i could have gone <laughs> a lot more
1: i don't um, know if you could have i think but, you kind of hit the big big you, spots and... you
0: know one thing i didn't know about you you have authored or co-authored 10 books yeah that's a lot of writing question how much do you pay your ghost
1: <laughs> i don't have a ghost writer. oh my
0: gosh by this point right? you should have a I mean, ghost I have writer lots of people
1: that help right. I, have, I have editors and and my team and i do have a question just as we get started i would also like to sell a lot of books
0: but i really don't have the attention span to sit down and mm-hmm. write one yeah is there do you have a book that maybe you've written that you're not super proud of <laughs> that i could just put my name on
1: yeah for sure also all the stuff that didn't make it into print i will take it yeah absolutely like call it like the rejected yeah overlooked forgotten
0: rejected letter writings
1: or something (laughs) like that i don't know
0: but that would be a lot of fun i would be good you know zach and i had a podcast before this serious podcast called preachers not preaching wait is this a serious podcast well this is more serious than our preachers not preaching we have got to find the over 120 episodes of that and put it back up we did it with our friend adam who was even more ridiculous than both of
1: us But anyway, the old Preacher's Not Preaching podcast. That was fun. If you can find it,
0: go check it out. Um, But today we are going to be talking to you. We're turning the mic around and we're going to ask you, we want to talk about how to grow in our relationship with God, Zach. Zachary just fresh off of leading the national youth gathering where he stood in front of 20,000 people Mm. in uh, Houston is Mm -hmm. Reliant Stadium. Minute Maid Park. Minute Maid Park, 20,000. Yeah. How was that,
1: by the way? That was pretty incredible. Uh, it was amazing to see there were 15,000 teenagers and then like 5,000 adult leaders and volunteers, but yeah. so cool and encouraging and hope filled to see the next generation all together. I, yeah. I love big events like that. I yeah. think they're like little glimpses of what heaven will be. And so yeah. that I got to play a, a, a part in it was pretty, pretty fun. So that must have been tough. It was a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> it was, was it but more? it was super rewarding and fulfilling to be on stage. And we had my co host and I had about 25 segments in four nights in front of that many people. And so. There was, yeah, months of work that went into that. It
0: it. It was funny because um, when I landed here in Omaha, Zach used to work with me down in Orlando, (laughs) and then he chose to move back to the frozen tundra of Omaha. (laughs) But when I landed and I saw all the videos from that, I was like, oh, dude, that looked really fun. Like, I'm sure you just had a screen that you were, you know, reading off of because it looked like a rock concert, like with all the lights and rigging and everything. And and you're like, no, dude, you had to memorize everything. We had no confidence monitor, no confidence. Confidence Monitor, man, they cheaped out on you. I know. Anyway. Crazy. We are going to be talking about how to grow our relationship with God. let's do it. And you talk a lot, Zach, about Mm -hmm. habits. Yeah. Habits. And with New Year, the New Year, only a couple of months away. Right. When this podcast airs, a lot of people, I don't know if you're familiar with this habit, Zach, but a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. Really? (laughs) <laughs> yes. And that's why when you go to Planet Fitness on January 6th, you can't find a machine. Right. But if you go on January 13th, it's a ghost town <laughs> because people make New Year's resolutions. They say, you know what? I'm going to drop 12 pounds. And then by the Super Bowl, they're like, ah, forget yeah. it. Yeah. So let me ask you this You're a fan of habits. Yeah. Are you a fan of New Year's
1: resolutions? I, I kind of, uh, maybe. So I kind of am, but I'm kind of not like I used to set them all the time, but mm. research like John Acuff's book Finish, says that 92% of resolutions Who that didn't we want set... to
0: come on our podcast. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Time,
1: John, <laughs> but 92% of resolutions that we set, we fail. And huh. so I recognized in my, I was a big resolution guy, but mm. I would set goals. So for me, like goals were more important than resolutions, but then even there were certain goals that I didn't finish. And so I realized like the system to finish the goal is even more important and the system to finish the goal is habits. Okay, And so I, I, when I look at a new year and the opportunity to do something new or create something new, I will try to find like, what are the habits that I need to put into my life to accomplish the goal that would then accomplish the big resolution okay. or project. So
0: or are you kind of saying that habits are like a little bit smaller than resolutions or they're the way to get to the resolution?
1: Exactly. The way so, to get to okay, it. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you make a resolution, yeah. but a lot of times we make a resolution and, and we don't have a path to get to the resolution. Exactly.
1: Okay. So for me, there, there's a really cool story that started me getting me thinking about this. It was hmm. Michael Phelps. You heard of Michael Phelps, Chris, the yeah. greatest Olympian of all time. He yeah. won a few gold medals swimming. 23. Did wow. you know that? That's, That's crazy. crazy. So he's the most decorated Olympian, but like if you look at his story and how he got to where he was, like it's really cool. But- <laughs> That's how he did it. Cupping. Oh, really? Yeah. That the power of habits had. Oh, Okay. And so like Phelps, he's got so many natural things that make him a really great swimmer. He's got the right body, the big hands, the mm-hmm. long powerful mm-hmm. torso, the short legs, yeah. the feet that rotate yeah. 90 degrees. Gills. Great. Yeah. Somehow he had gills, gills. I don't know all that. Like water world. <laughs> yeah but they noticed like his coach did early on that the he'd get really nervous before races yeah and so his coach was like how do i instill a set of Uh, of of constant rhythms or habits in his life so that no matter what the race is no matter how big the race is like he's in a good headspace. and so when you look at his story there's one particular race that the power of habits really showed up and it was Beijing 2008 Olympics Mm. he was the talk of the Olympics he'd already won a ton of gold medals and it was like his best the 200 meter butterfly Okay, so I remember, I don't know if you did, yeah, some habits. So before he even got to the race, like he'd eat the same breakfast, eggs, oatmeal, four high calorie shakes. Never varied in his training. That's he would have Chris twelve thousand calories a day.
0: Exactly what I do.
1: <laughs> not a great habit unless you're swimming no. like six miles a day, no. like Phelps was. I'm not doing that. So he'd eat the same thing every day. He'd do mm. the same warm ups and stretches. He'd put on the racing suit, which is so tight it would take him twenty minutes. He'd put on his headphones, mm-hmm. listen to the same hip hop rap music, mm-hmm. and then and then he would run this imaginary videotape through his brain of what the race would look like and imagine exactly how many strokes he's going to get from one side to the other and then do you remember i remember the picture of him like on the like on the 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 place that they would jump from and he would do like these really amazing like back flaps yeah you remember yeah, that? yeah yeah i just remember yeah. that scene and uh, so he'd do these same things every time and this particular race it paid off because right when he jumped in his goggles like came to the side. Oh boy. And, and so by the end of this race, he's swimming blind, but his coach had prepped him for this, right? All the habits. And they also had another habit of every now and then they would swim in a completely dark room Ah. so that he knew exactly how many strokes. And so Phelps knew like, even though the water's coming in, uh, he's going to be okay. So by the final turn, he can't see anything, but he knows it's going to be 19, 20 or 21 strokes to get to the other side mm-hmm. and so you know it's the olympics everything's ramped up the crowd's going crazy he can hear that in the water but mm-hmm. he doesn't know right Am if he's I... in first or, yeah. fifth or right whatever. i mean yeah. maybe they're cheering because somebody else right underdog somebody's People gonna love underdogs finally beat him
0: yeah and so joey chestnut's finally gonna lose the <laughs> hot dog eating contest <laughs>
1: that'll never happen Oh, okay um by the way joey chestnut did you see he he knocked a guy out in the yeah. middle of the he still, eating... <laughs> he still won he didn't he still won anyway that's but crazy. That is, do you think that... he has habits I'm guarantee he has habits. (laughs) And so as he's swimming halfway down, he doesn't know if he's winning or not, but he's counting, he's counting how many strokes. And Mm -hmm. so he he does the 19th stroke and he, he he knows he's not there. And he's like, maybe I have one more. He does the 20th and he's not there. And he's like one more. And so he does it, stretches his hands out perfectly, comes up out of the water, rips the sideways goggles off his face that weren't helpful. Anyway, looks up and not only does Phelps see, his name by number one, but he sees WR
0: world record, baby,
1: right next to it,
0: and he can't even see the whole time. It's interesting that you bring that up. Now, of course, I am. Yeah. Uh, I hate to break this to you. I'm not a world class athlete. What? But in uh, Nita, Iowa, I did play football, and our coach was a psychologist. Yeah, he, like he had his degree in psychology, and before every game. He would put us in the gym Mm. and he would turn off all the lights and he'd say, if you're a wide receiver, I want you to picture catching the ball with your hands and tucking it away. Yeah. If you're a running back, I want you to picture like getting the handoff perfectly, tucking it away. If you're the quarterback, go through your Mm. progressions. If you're offensive lineman and he would make us do that every game. And in the beginning, I thought it was so stupid, right? You know, I'm like ninth grade. I'm like probably yeah. not even going to play. I'll just be on the sideline going yeah. like this. Uh, but it's interesting that Phelps' coach yeah. like worked him through and made him play a video of yeah. it.
1: Well, even like my youngest son, Brady, he's really good at golf. Yeah. So I was like, I got to get, I got to support him in this. So I got him a golf coach mm-hmm. and got like lessons for anything. Aren't cheap. No. Nothing about golf. No is kidding. Cheap. I got. One so I took boy, him yeah. there and like the whole first session, which is an hour long that I'm paying for, I'm like, cool. This guy's going to teach him some cool things about a swing. It's going to change his game. And the entire time, he did nothing with his swing, and he all he, all he did was like pre swing stuff. So I spent all this money on an hour of Brady learning pre swing <laughs> routines, right. and I was like, ah, that's money wasted. What right, right. is going on? I could have done that. Right. Yeah. But they actually, a psychologist looked at. Two pretty famous golfers, Greg Norman, mm-hmm. uh, who now is like infamous for starting the live tour, right. if you didn't know that. Making that money. <laughs> and then Jack Nicholas. And each of them was like way ahead on the final round of a masters in a particular year. Mm. And and Greg Norman like lost. And the final round, his pre-swing routines like varied so much and he was like nervous and like the the longer it went the quicker it got but they studied jack nicholas on his final round and where he won Mm. and it was like from the moment he approached the ball to the moment he hit the ball from the first tee to the 18th green it was like 18 seconds every time same thing and so it's just this power of consistency Mm -hmm. and the the habits that we put into our life that that really do make a difference
0: so but a lot of times people will have good intentions to start habits right and then once you start a habit you've got to continue said habit (laughs) right and and, uh then a lot of times at least some people i know they'll say okay i'm going to lose 20 pounds i'm going to start this habit of going to the gym monday wednesday friday they go monday wednesday they miss friday they miss the next monday and then they're like it kind of brings up guilt because they haven't Can you talk a little bit about that with habits too? Like, how do you kind of navigate that?
1: Yeah, I think it, you know, habits are like anything else in our life that when we're we're trying to make a change, Mm -hmm. I think the enemy wants to tell us, uh, you know, as we look at Dave Douglas, who's on a couple episodes ago, who Mm. leads recovery program, a person might have 90 days in a row where they're sober. Right. And on day 91, they mess up. Right.
0: And now they're and starting so, over again.
1: Yeah, right? so they've start over, and the enemy is going to lie to him and tell them, like, you're worthless, you mm-hmm. can't do it. Mm-hmm. When God's like, hey, you had 90 days that are really great. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's step back on it. And I think the same with habits. So it, it is important, like, what habits, because some stick more than others. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's when I started doing a little, like, personally for me, like, cool to hear about Michael Phelps and yeah, <laughs> Jack right, Nicholas and all right. that sports stuff awesome but what does it mean for us and like for me I noticed about my own walk five years ago like there was a lot of good things on the outside my church was going well and everything else but I just wasn't like super in tune with my relationship with God mm-hmm. and there were also a couple things I noticed that okay I'm at that point 35 ish years old like mm. what am I doing like what do I want my life to count for and so I noticed some things about my life like I was overweight at the time I was sleeping and fell asleep on the couch nearly every night. And that's just weird when you have a wife. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, was a night owl and I just didn't feel like productive and always felt tired. And so I was like, I need to change something. Mm -hmm. What do I do? And so that's when I discovered like with, through Phelps and everything else, there's the author, Charles Duhigg talks about these things called keystone habits. Okay. And so a keystone habit is a, a habit that unintentionally carries over into other aspects of our lives. Explain. And so. It's like the it's like a domino effect. Like okay. it's no harder to form than any other habit, but it it has far more uh, good or bad <laughs> intention that comes from it. Okay, and so like a couple of physical keystone habits that they that they talk about number one is exercise mm. physical exercise and that was the key per, i would say for me that changed my life in 2017 was i committed to doing exercise
0: so and prior to that you weren't exercising no it was that's just part of yeah inconsistent was, yeah,
1: inconsistent that's mm-hmm. part of my weight you know gain at that point and mm-hmm. and so i really committed to like i need to do this and at first i didn't like it i didn't love it um i showed up i had two other friends that i did it with which is super also important when you're mm. setting new habits right. is who are you doing it with right to keep you accountable right yeah and yeah. probably a month or two in like something shifted and I started to like it mm. and I started to see a, a couple of uh, losses in the right areas and gains in the right areas mm-hmm. and, and then like a month or two later I started loving it and needing it and what I realized though is that's a keystone habit because those that physically exercise they're also because they're they're being disciplined in that area it carries over and I noticed like I'm a more productive worker Cause I've got energy from it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed also like, I'm a better husband. Mm. Uh, I also noticed that when I work out, like I'm not as tempted to eat a Twinkie that mm. day. Not right. that Twinkies right. a lot, yeah, you sure. know what I mean? But yeah, you're um, more of a and, ho-ho guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even like, I, I, I'm, I'm more productive and energetic, like at home. And, and uh, a lot of times physically when I'm exercising or doing cardio, like I'm, I'm worshiping or I'm listening to a sermon. And so like, I'm, I feel more connected spiritually. Cool. So that one habit, you can see is like helping so many other areas of my life. So a keystone
0: habit is something that impacts multiple uh, parts. of your, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: So researchers do like physical exercise is one of the key ones. Uh, in fact, some funny or interesting things that come from um, this particular one is they've found that those that exercise regularly, okay. it says they have increased patience, less stress. They're more productive at work. Um, th- better eating, better sleep. Mm-hmm. And did you know this, Chris, mm-hmm. exercising a lot actually is linked to spending less on credit cards. So if you want your spouse to spend less, like just <laughs> get <laughs> go them exercise, to
0: go, go <laughs> exercise.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so because if
0: you're exercising, you're not on amazon.com.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, How about this one too? One more uh, yeah. physical keystone habit is flossing your teeth and did you know like many lifestyle coaches will start with a client and the first thing they'll ask them to do is i want you to floss your teeth now, why is this? Like, cause you and I, we know we should be doing this, but many right. of us don't. Like, I don't know anybody that likes to floss their teeth. Right. If they do, they're kind oh, of weird.
0: Uh, our producer, Cam, is like a huge <laughs> flosser. This guy there you
1: flosses. Go. But obviously it's important for us. It's important for our dental hygiene, for sure. our health over the time. So why do they, why, the why, do they why do they make them do that? Because think about it. Nobody likes doing it. No. But if you do it early in the morning, what are you subconsciously telling yourself? I have to create a
0: habit to floss my teeth. Because I don't want to spend more money on dental
1: procedures. I mean, maybe that's what you tell yourself. But what I tell myself if I do this flossing. I've accomplished I, something. I still, Yes, yeah, I'm going to choose today to do what is right mm. over what is easy or what I want. Yeah. And so- you're telling yourself that from the very morning when you wake up flossing. And so that decision subconsciously then pushes you, your mind and your body into the right place. I
0: heard uh, somebody once say, I always make my kids make their bed in the morning because they accomplished something. You yes. know, if they've done something today. That's like,
1: an and that's a, another keystone habit that physically the research shows um, bed makers, not bed wetters. Okay. Bed makers, good to know.
0: Good
1: <laughs> it to know. says are likely to have uh, like their jobs, own a home, exercise regularly, feel well rested. They also have stronger skills sticking to a budget.
0: Because they made their bed. That's what the research says,
1: dude. That's the power of keystone habits. Okay, okay. So we yep. talked
0: about keystone habits, yep. but Zach, how does this parlay into like spiritual habits, things that yeah. we can make um, to get closer to God and become greater disciples?
1: Yeah. To me, like, especially my as a disciple and as someone who leads it uh, in a church still, like, my discipleship flows out of my relationship with God, mm-hmm. and to me, the most keystone habits of any are the spirit like the ones that come from my soul the ones that come from my spirit mm. that's going to inform everything that i do in this world and so the bible talks about how, how out of the overflow of our relationship with god like that's where our life comes from mm. and so physical keystones are awesome i highly suggest them exercise make your bed floss do all that stuff that's really good take your vitamins <laughs> say your prayers <laughs> that's a really Hulkamania running wild <laughs> but for me at the end of the day this is like I want to be a greater disciple that's what this podcast is about and so I want to help people discover what keystone spiritual habits can help them grow in their relationship with God because like like anything else, if we grow in our relationship with God, I think we're going to be the greatest followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that's the key to being a great follower. The key to being a great disciple of Jesus is, is great followers of Jesus are ones that are in great relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And so how do we point people back to relationship with Jesus? What are the spiritual keystone habits Perfect. that Good. we should have in our life?
0: i sense a next book
1: coming from oh, it's here. already out dude.
0: is it's it already all, out. Right, all right yeah. all right we're
1: talking about being challenged oh! and so, yeah there you go but, <laughs> but so here's the premise of the book then there's only been one person who's ever existed in a perfect relationship with god that's right that's chris johnson <laughs> two people then uh-huh. jesus right uh-huh. and so and so for me like and here's why new Year's such a great time to think about these things. Cause if I'm going to instill new habits or new resolutions, then why not look to Jesus to instill his habits. Okay. And that's what I was trying to locate is because not all habits are created equal. It's like, Mm -hmm. what are the, what are the spiritual keystone habits that Jesus had in his life that he used to connect with God Mm -hmm. that if he used them, it's probably wise. Like, that I would too. Okay, and, and Jesus actually invites us into this. My, one of my favorite uh, passages is Matthew 11, 28, and 29, right? It talks about um, those when we're tired and, and weary that we can come to Christ. Come to me all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. But, but I love the way the message version talks about it. It, it, says, it says this, and this is Jesus' invitation to us. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Hmm. And to me, that unforced rhythms of grace, like learn the keystone habits, learn the way of life that I'm offering, practice what I do, walk with me and work Hmm. with me, watch how I do it. And so Jesus is inviting us. What's so amazing is that like, he did come down into this world. We don't Mm -hmm. have to guess Mm -hmm. like at how to be in a perfect relationship with God. We can look at the relationship Jesus had with him. And so that's what he invites us to. The Apostle Paul would later say in 1 Timothy 4, 7, um, that we discipline ourselves, why? For the purpose of godliness. Mm-hmm. So we these habits, like all of it, so we can be more godly, we can be more like Christ. We'll never be Jesus, but we can be like him. And so so that's what I'm trying to point people to. Uh, one more Bible verse is, uh, yeah, 1 Timothy 4, 7. And again this is i like the way the message says it these are paul's uh words eugene peterson's paraphrase exercise daily in god no spiritual flabbiness please Mm. (laughs) workouts in the gymnasium we've talked about that those are useful but he says a disciplined life in god is far more so making you fit both today and forever wow and so the premise then is if i want to grow in my relationship with god Let's look to Jesus and mm. and and let's practice the Keystone habits that He had in His life.
0: Okay, so you say that quite a bit, Zach. You say look to Jesus, look to Jesus. But when we look at Jesus and the habits that He had, Zach, wh- when you dug into yeah. this uh, writing the Being Challenge, what did you? What are some of the habits of the life of Jesus?
1: Yeah. And, and my simple brain, like if you look at a spiritual discipline or not that simple, (laughs) if you look at a spiritual discipline list or habits list, like it can be 20, 30 long and none of them are ever exhaustive lists. But my, again, simple brain can't handle that. I'm trying to find what are the five keystone habits that Jesus practiced the most often? Number one. (laughs) And again, it's not that any other habit isn't good. It's just like, yeah, I can remember five and I can mm-hmm. try to shoot for five. Okay. I, I can handle that. You can handle that. And so I actually read through all four gospels and I noted every time that Jesus either practiced or preached or taught on a particular spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find what are the five that that okay. came most frequently. So those five. Number um, five. <laughs> no, I'm going to start with one. Number one. I think it's important to go sequential. Um, Jesus committed to community. Yeah. Um, community is so important, especially in this day of age, after a couple of years of crazy COVID yeah. world, like, cause we're wired for relationships and relationships, like the relationships we have, like they really can dictate our lives. Mm-hmm. The people we they hang out with, like mm-hmm. it, it, that influences, um, how we live. Sure. And so Jesus committed to community chronologically. It's one of the very first things he does in all four gospels. I think it's Matthew four. Uh, Mark one, Luke six, and John one. I think so four, one, six, and one. In other words, very early in every gospel, like Jesus commits to choosing twelve disciples and doing life with. Them.
0: And it's interesting who he was chose. <laughs> very interesting, <laughs> you know, like, like he didn't go after right. the best and brightest, right. right? He went after the fishermen. You ever hung out with fishermen? <laughs> They're salty. Yeah.
1: That's good. That's good. Oh, <laughs> so I. This is such an important one, I think, again, chronologically for us, why are we committing to community and how important is that for us? I think, again, we've seen how important relationships are these last couple of years, especially, but also the type of people that you invite into your community. Uh, success and failure like is really determined by, I think there's some research or stats out there, quotes out there to talk about, show me the five people in your life and I'll show you where, you know, where you'll be in five years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're that
1: important. And, and so. For me, it makes little sense to practice the other keystone habits if we don't have a community that's going to support us, if our environment isn't setting up setting so, up that.
0: So you talk about how important community yeah. is. You talk about how kind of COVID uh, smashed some of those relationships to a yeah. certain degree. But aren't you kind of happy that COVID got some people out of your lives? <laughs> like I mean the one on the periphery yeah yeah
1: yeah I, I won't name names I, <laughs> but that but when you look at Jesus I think that is important though like we can only handle so much yeah totally. and and even Jesus like he had he had the 12 mm-hmm. but then you look he had a, a larger group that was 72 strong right mm-hmm. the gospel talks about mm-hmm. that he had another group the the Bible talks about in the New Testament uh many times he would appear 500. So like he, and 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 then we also know like even more intimately he had a 3, Peter, yeah, James and John. Sure. Absolutely. And then finally God was always at the center. So Jesus had like 1 3 12 72 500. And I don't think like our numbers have to perfectly align with Jesus. Mine do. But but, <laughs> but uh, I do think it's important like the, the 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 lower the number like these are the ones that are really influenced.
0: Really and feeding. So who are
1: your 12? Yeah. Who are your 3? Is God your one? And then who are your 72 and your 500? Maybe your 500, your social networks, your church family. You know what I'm talking about? So I think that's a good exercise to go through is who is the community that I'm allowing into my life? And are they pointing me more in the direction Mm. to follow Christ or not?
0: So you talk about the importance of community. Something just popped in my head. But there were times where even though community was super important, Yeah. Solitude was important. Uh, And the times where like Jesus, I don't, you know, like he just went by himself and he's like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over here and pray. You guys like it's not that he's an introvert uh, or anything, but uh, I'm assuming that would be one of the uh, habits.
1: Yes, it is. It's jumping to four. Do you want to go there? We can go. Yeah, let's go there. So the fourth one we found was seeking solitude. We'll we'll come back to the other ones. Um, and you're right. So as much as Jesus had all of the community around him, uh, solitude, his time spent with God was so important and valuable to him. And I, I really think we, we call it, uh, number one was committing to community. This one's seeking solitude, that mm-hmm. Jesus sought solitude mm-hmm. in the midst of like a super, uh, sometimes I think I'm busy. And I'm like, then I look at Jesus' life mm-hmm. and I'm like, that dude was really, busy. really busy. And yeah. yet still take time took time to be with God didn't even have a Twitter account <laughs> right but uh, yeah um, and, and so we I, there's uh, I counted 39 I probably missed one because there's probably 40 mm. times where Jesus either got alone or talked about the importance of being alone yeah and a lot of those it was before important decisions oh um it was before after. he was
0: tempted by the devil like, exactly like, yeah.
1: before his ministry started <clears> throat> uh, throat> in the wilderness for 40 he, he willingly went 40 days <clears> throat> to throat> seek and spend time with God <throat> uh, Mark one probably my favorite Story of seeking solitude because he just has this really crazy experience after experience after experience where he's he's preaching he's teaching he's choosing disciples he's exercising demons while he's preaching mm-hmm. uh, then he goes to stay with Peter and his mother in law and he's healing his mother in law mm. then the whole town shows up right. and he heals all of them and and after all of this I'd be like can yeah. I just get some. You know everybody leave me and yeah. like i need to sleep in tomorrow right. and we're gonna start I'll, about noon <laughs> then i'll get back at it but the right. text i think it's mark 135 talks about very early in the morning jesus got up and went to a solitary place where he prayed and it was with the lord mm-hmm. and so you just see this time and time and time again and to me to in today's age where we're super connected digitally where we've got our phones oh, right. on our on in our pockets where screen time hours are crazy. Mm -hmm. I think that solitude really provides focus to us in a a very loud, noisy, distraction. How do you do that personally? Me personally? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting is like, I don't think it has to be the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about solitude, I'm not talking about being alone.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, I'm talking about being alone with God. I see. Because it's actually never healthy to be alone. Mm -hmm. God didn't design us to be alone. The only person that ever was alone at any time was Jesus hanging on the cross. Ah, Right. And so he went alone so that we would never have to be. Mm -hmm. So how do you spend your time alone with God? Mm -hmm. And, and for that, uh, you know, these keystone habits, this is where they're not, um, they're not all, some of them, they work together. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, sometimes I could be through prayer or reading scripture, uh, and all of those are really, really great. And we'll talk about those, but the one for me, like legitimately, and this is again, the power of keystone habits. I really find the most solitude that I have is when I'm exercising. Yeah. When I'm working out,
0: I thought you were going to say that because I mean, you've created this habit where you wake up early and you go for a couple mile mm-hmm. run and you're listening to worship music
1: mm-hmm. and you're
0: kind of doing two things at mm-hmm. once. So yeah, do you find I, yourself like praying during that time Yeah,
1: and, and you know, I, not only praying, but I, I, that's where like I, in my world right now, I create a lot of content, which mm-hmm. it takes creative ability sure. and, and thought and time. Yeah. And that for me is where I just, those are the moments and times where it could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be a Bible verse that will just come in somehow, some way. And and my mind will just go with it, and God's with me in those times, kind of forming and shaping things that sometimes will show up on paper. Yeah, that's that's... sometimes will show up in a podcast. Sometimes will show up, and so for me, like, and that's why again, it's different for everybody. But do you have time alone with God where Mm -hmm. you're receiving from Him? Mm -hmm. We're in this loud, noisy, distracting world where you can you can hear him and be with him and brings focus to otherwise what's very chaotic
0: it's interesting because you chose to use the word solitude but even Mm -hmm. in your solitude you're still like kind of connected with music and Mm -hmm. things like that too but
1: a lot of times yeah
0: but but i'm just saying like it solitude is not like humming in a in a closet with no (laughs) lights
1: on you know like it doesn't have to be it could be and like legitimately one of the things i'm working on right now and i've read Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. This last small group I was in was Clay Scroggins, How to Lead in a World of Distraction. And everybody's talking about silence and how important that is. And silence and solitude can work to, and do work together. Uh, I, I probably don't have enough silence. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, and that's where it's like, it can be, it can be with music blasting mm-hmm. in my ears, but yeah. it also can be silence. And I probably should go more that direction at times. Uh, of like just shutting everything off for five ten minutes a day and just okay god Okay, so
0: let's get back. Keystone habits. um, When it comes to spirituality, you talked about being committed to community, which kind of parlayed into seeking solitude. Uh, So we have three more because I'm really good at math. You you
1: are good at math. Jeez. Good job, Chris. So the next one is studying scripture. Okay. Uh, And this is so important because scripture, God's word is where we find our identity, Mm -hmm. right? Before we determine what habits are in our lives, like we have to know who we are. And God's word shows us not only who God is, but it shows us who we are in light of God. And so when I look at Jesus, it's amazing. I think there's, I heard Tim Keller say that there's 1,800 uh, red letter verses in the the four gospels. And 180 of them are Jesus quoting scripture, Old Hmm. Testament. Hmm. So 10% of every recorded word that we have of Jesus is him studying scripture scripture, or quoting scripture. So we know that Jesus studied scripture. It was a part of his life. He could quote it. He remembered it. Uh, we even see the couple, you know, the one story from his childhood of him in the temple learning. Yeah. And so studying scripture is so vital for us today because that's where we discover who God is and who we are in light of his story. Mm
0: -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of, you know, I work with kids all the time and the, the minute that you bring up, uh, you should read script. Like they all know yep. they should read more scripture. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, I'm not reading enough <laughs> scripture, you know, but, um, there's so many good things out right now. Like if you're one of those people that are listening to this podcast yep. and you're like, gosh, I just don't, I don't have time to read another book. Like we went through the Bible project. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Incredible. Uh, YouTube, like synopsis basically of each book. Mm. They're fantastic. There's so many great
1: resources out right now. And yeah, one, I, I think back to episode two of Red Letter Disciple was Zach Wendell, the boss. Oh, study. yeah, dude. And, I've, and that thing's incredible. To I've got of, it
0: in my bag right now, Zach.
1: <laughs> Zach Wendell? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be a companion as you go through it. And so. Uh, but whatever it looks like, just having that practice of getting into God's word and seeing who he is. And then the more I see who he is, the more I know who I am. And I know what God's put me in this world to do. We should get the Bible project guys on here. I'd love to.
0: Yeah. Let's go Tim
1: Mack and crew.
0: Babylon B for season three. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. So you've got committed to community community committing to community yep seeking solitude yep. studying scripture two more left let's hit it
1: prioritizing prayer okay uh, prayer this is that's something...
0: really tough for a lot of people
1: it me. is this is something jesus does over and over and over again mm-hmm. and and this is so important for us to communicate like prayer is how we communicate with god mm-hmm. and and i really believe that in prayer uh God is with us God is listening God is speaking it's a relationship we're we're with God we're communicating with him and again in a a very I I don't buy into the you know the world's so messed up today and it's worse than it's ever been like I think the world's always been messed up Mm -hmm. but I do I I I do think that the world is more confusing today than ever I, I think there's more options today than ever And so like, I need direction in my life (laughs) Yeah. and prayer really helps give me direction. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, one time, um, the kind of story to go alongside of this or to illustrate it. Like my wife sent me a, a text as I was getting ready to come home from work of, Hey, can you pick up some milk from the store? Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure, I can do that on the way home. Mm -hmm. And so I get into the grocery store and I'm like, but I don't know what kind of milk she wants
0: there's there's because, so many varieties yeah.
1: nowadays i've seen i've seen in my fridge I,
0: I saw in your fridge today you have rice milk <laughs> you have like um some kind of oh coconut silk yeah. I did not even know they made that I, I know that's what i'm saying you've got like the the super uh two percent that's got no uh antibiotics with the cow right. on it you had like four different types of milk right. work in there.
1: And that's only a small segment. There's, yeah, there's skim, there's fat free, oh, whole, butter, there's <laughs> almond, and you name it. Uh, and they so even
0: I, have rice
1: milk. And so, and she also wanted me to get a cheesecloth that day. And yeah, I nobody knows what that is. I didn't is. know what that was. it no, so it's like a skirt. I texted her and she went dark. She ghosted me. Uh, um, she wasn't available. Did you buy all the milks? No, but I but I was looking at the the dairy section. Yeah. And i was like this is a beautiful picture of how confusing this world is i know i'm supposed to get milk but i have no idea which yeah, one she wants and so really. i found this brand it's like called eighth continent and i was like i didn't even know there was an eighth continent no, which there don't. isn't by the way There isn't. Uh, but i bought that one and it was the wrong one and then
0: what were you supposed to get i
1: don't know I don't know. I mean, it's, but, con- that, but that to me is a picture. Like this world's conf- like a it's confusing. silly picture. Yeah. It's confusing. Like, right. What do we do with all the issues going on in our world today?
0: Back in my day, Even- we just drank whole milk. <laughs> and we loved it.
1: Even this season, we had guests on that talked about addiction and recovery. Oh, yeah. right. right. We've had Pastor Mark Schultz come on talk about uh, how, how do we minister to the LGBTQ community? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's gender confusion. There's so uh, political oppression, racial tension. Like there's just yeah. a lot at coming at us and we need that time prayer with god to communicate to get direction from him
0: i, I do like the analogy of the 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 milk
1: mm. That's
0: pretty good i also buddy.
1: grabbed some twizzlers which wasn't wow of course
0: list. you're a regular strawberry guy or what
1: uh, yeah but as a man when you get a grocery list you always have to buy something to subvert your to to like I'm a man. Uh, yeah. And I will choose. Every time. That's important, right?
0: I go to the grocery store. I do have a list because I inevitably forget things. But the other day, I was walking into Publix in Florida. Right. And I saw this lengthy. Shopping list on the ground. Mm. And I knew that some dude was in big (laughs) trouble when he got home. Like, oh Oh, boy, I have lost that list before. Okay, Zach. Yeah. Key habits, committing to community, seeking solitude, studying scripture, prioritizing prayer. I like how you've got the alliteration going. See what I did there.
1: Whoa. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty big on that.
0: Whoa, alliteration.
1: Do you think the last one has alliteration? If it doesn't, we're shutting
0: it down. (laughs) This better have alliteration.
1: What's number five, my man? Choosing church. And gosh, this is one we need right now. So as you look, this is the one that I would say, again, I was looking at which one showed up most in the life of Jesus. Uh Uh, I would say this one didn't show up as much quantity wise based on the amount of times I saw it. But there were several verses. I think Luke 21, 37 is one of them that talked about how every day. Jesus visited the temple courts every single day, and that—that that was their church back then. It looked different, the church in Jesus' day, than it does today. But he was there every single day, sometimes receiving, and a lot of times, of course, uh, giving, and you know, opening up the word and 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 sharing his gifts to the church community. And so you see in this in this. Uh, story of Jesus, the consistency of, of choosing church that I'm going to, I'm going to gather as the assembly, uh, with my people, but I'm, and I'm also going to use my gifts for the sake of the church. Mm -hmm. And, and this is one that like, I know that there's been a ton of disruption in the last couple of years of what it looks like to choose church. Uh, but we absolutely have to choose church how do we do that do we do it in person do we do it online do we do it both do we do it hybrid metaverse metaverse I mean yeah there's still a lot to be said about that and 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 I understand like everybody uh and 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 so this one I really think can help push people back to church Mm -hmm. like physically too because I think as important and as good as the online even maybe the metaverse, Mm -hmm. as important as all that stuff is Mm -hmm. like we're still wired for community, face to face relationship. Yeah. And so h- how can, if Jesus chose church consistently, how do we, and I think again, every church looks different mm-hmm. and I celebrate that. I don't want, I think that every church ought to be a little different. Every pastor is wired differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, every member of every church has different gifts. And, and so to me, it's not as important as what size your church is and how, how, how you operate as a church, but when the church, when it's done right, it is the place where the proclamation of the good news of Jesus is happening. Yeah, And in a world that is filled with so much bad news, the best thing you and I and everyone else can do is consistently, and Jesus did this, place himself, place ourselves in a position to hear the good news of Jesus.
0: Yeah, because we do live in a broken world and we have to be reminded every week. Somebody said, why do you do this every week? Because we get beat down for six days. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't, everybody does. Right. And we start believing lies. And so we need to go back to a place where we can hear the gospel and be reminded
1: of who we are. Right. Yeah. I was doing a message uh, for something else just recently. And I think it's the national science foundation in 2004 said that the average human, we have 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. And 80% of those are negative. Oh yeah. and 95% of those are repetitive. Wow. And so we're just compete, com, we're just repeating the same broken soundtrack over and over and over and over and over, and over in our lives. That's... And that's why we need a place like church to hear the proclamation of the good news mm-hmm. of Jesus to, to interrupt and to stop the negativity mm-hmm. and bring us back to why we're really here. And that's not only to hear the good news of Jesus being proclaimed, but also as I'm choosing church, I realize I'm a part of this community and now I want to use my gifts, whatever those may be, uh, as a disciple, it helps share the good news of Jesus in whatever way God's called me. That's awesome.
0: So, and that's kind of like goes hand in hand with committing to community too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I know ever since COVID, uh, we improved, we put a lot of money into improving our online experience and things like that. But the thing that we focused on for six months is, can we actually make a disciple online, Mm -hmm. you know, and can we actually grow? And Maybe. <laughs> right. But it's really, really yeah. hard. And, and it doesn't happen just by one hour a week yeah. on a YouTube service.
1: Yeah. And you they know. don't compete against each other. Like, no. I think we've realized now that they're, I've realized at least, they're both valuable, 100%. but they don't do the same things. Yeah. And so how do we use each? And what does that look like? as I think conversations will continue to have. I love Craig Rochelle that we are committed to being 100% in person and 100% digital. So yeah. we're, we know that we need to live in both of those worlds. Sure. Awesome. Sure. But we still know that they're different and we do need human interaction to be surrounded with the good news of Jesus.
0: We had, um, I teach at our elementary and our uh, high school back yeah. in Orlando. And uh, the, what when it finally hit me, I, you know, I just got so used to our service being streamed. Right. And I hadn't been over to the elementary school for a while. So I go into the elementary school and there's some kindergartners in there and I walk in the room and they're like, Oh, that's the guy who's on TV every Sunday. And I, it's like, Oh gosh, I don't want to be the guy on TV every Sunday. I want to be like your
1: pastor. Wait, I thought you always wanted to be the guy. on TV. Well, kind
0: of, I mean, you get a coat like this, you know, it's not for radio at this point. Um, okay. So committing, here's the five that you gave to us. And this is in your book, uh, Being Challenge, right here. Not being, but being. Being. uh, Committed to community. Studying scripture. Prioritizing prayer. Seeking solitude. Choosing church. Uh, What do you say to somebody who knows these five things, Mm -hmm. but then they kind of feel guilty because they're failing on one of them?
1: No, that's a good question. I think some people are like, cool, talk about good habits that I want to put in my life. I still am dealing with some negative habits or i've tried the good things and they haven't worked right and here's what i would say is we have uh, and this is the whole beautiful thing of being with god is it's a relationship with him and in this relationship with him he gives us the holy spirit which is the same power the bible says that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Mm -hmm. And so like, if we've struggled in the past or if we've been off in the past, or if we've failed in the past, like know that the spirit of God lives in you. And just because you failed once before, doesn't mean you will in the future hop right back on it. His grace is big enough to bring you right back into a place where even if you failed, Do it again yeah so it's almost
0: like that addiction thing like you made it 75 days oh i failed okay so you're back at day one let's go yeah and i think
1: uh, i've mentioned him earlier john acuff Uh, he talks about how when you're instilling new habits whether it's spiritual physical whatever or yeah recovery uh the the most important day is the day after perfection hmm. and what he means by that is cool so let's say that yeah you've you're you're doing a, a daily bible reading plan and it's for the whole year and let's say you've done 42 days well mm-hmm. and but now you're in leviticus because it's that time of year <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and so on day 43 like things just don't line up you don't read the bible that day mm-hmm. so to him and research shows this too he says the most important day then is day 44.
0: Mm-hmm. What what's going to do
1: that's either the day you're going to believe the lies of the enemy and fall off completely or the day where it's like you know what i missed a day um I'm going to jump right back on it. I might catch up. I might not. I don't care, but I'm just going to keep going. That's cool. And so that's what's really important the day after perfection. And what's, yeah, spiritually, like what's neat about that is we are not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We're going to fail. And so it's a constant invitation from Jesus to get back on. Yeah, to, to not believe the lies of the enemy. And, and that we can get better. We can improve in our relationship with God.
0: So I do have a question for you. And this is a little off topic. And I hope you're fine with it, which uh, you probably will be. I have noticed that in this podcast that you mentioned John Acuff's name twice. Did you have some kind of deal with him that, like, if you <laughs> no. mention his name three or four times, that he'll be in season three or?
1: No, we'd love to have you, John. Uh, Super funny guy, too. So I think you'd be a perfect fit for the show. I'm just saying. Okay.
0: Anyway. uh, All right. So being challenged. This is the first of uh, five things that you talk about. Tell me a little bit more about being challenged, Zachary.
1: Yeah. So essentially what I talked about in this podcast is everything that's in being challenged. So our first book was Red Letter Challenge, Mm -hmm. which is going to help challenge people to be greater followers of Jesus. And it's centered around five targets be forgive serve give go and okay. so b be, being is the first and to me this is the most important of the five targets to follow jesus because all of our doing flows out of our being okay us as disciples which is what this whole podcast is about Uh, We want to be greater followers of Jesus, but it all starts with a relationship with God. And so that's what this whole thing is about. And so uh, what we've done is we've created the book, Being Challenged. We actually wrote it in the middle of COVID. It came out October 2020. um, and, And that was a year, especially when our habits got majorly disrupted. And many of us haven't stepped back into good habits from that. And, and many of us stepped away from our faith and started forming habits that pointed us away from the, the five keystone habits of Jesus. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to give this podcast so that it's November when this is coming out. New Year's a great time to instill new habits. And so any pastor that's listening, we'd love to give you a free copy of Being Challenge. You can check that out in the show notes. Um, <laughs> And we will mail it to you. How are
0: we going to pay for this studio?
1: I don't know. know. You can't
0: just give stuff away.
1: (laughs) But we will mail that to you for free. Uh, We would love then for you to consider using Being Challenge as a 40-day challenge at your church. And we think New Year's an incredible time to launch that second or third Sunday of the year. Um, to get after it and to instill the habits of Jesus into your people. Uh, what a really great way to start a new year. And the reason new year is so important is because most people are psychologically thinking about making a change in their life at that point. And so why not instill the habits of Jesus Uh, into our life. And so we got the free book there for you. We've got church packs that have like books and uh, DVDs and shirts and wristbands and all that stuff to make a really great 40-day experience. Plus with any of our 40-day challenges, Chris, you know this, we give away small group videos, small group curriculum, kids curriculum, graphics, sermons for the pastors. We really make it a turnkey 40-day experience that we know is not only going to teach really great things but it's going to help grow your church's small groups and provide six weeks of kind of done for you material
0: if uh i buy there you go if i buy one of your sermons can i insert my own jokes or our
1: sermons are all free and you may have them you may use them we have loads of sermons on our website for free and zachary uh, yeah you you have
0: given us so much today you've given us free books do what i can given us free sermons I thank you. Zach, what is, you know, every time on this podcast, your podcast that you created and brought me along, (laughs) uh, what is your challenge, your weekly challenge for the people out there today, Zach
1: Zender? Okay, good. I like it. So I would say let's look at the five keystone habits of Jesus, Mm -hmm. committing to community, studying scripture, prioritizing prayer, seeking solitude, choosing church, and let's identify which one – of those five um do you need to put more into your life this week which one of those five can can you take one step this week to improve one small step that's what habits are by the way yeah it's just small steps small steps so that's the challenge what one small step can you put in your life in one of those five habits to help you grow in your relationship with god zach that's
0: it chris i know that you're a huge sports guy okay And, you know, when you say that, like, I like sports. Yes. I'm not like great. No, I mean, you're a decent golfer. You're Mm. okay at cornhole. But here's the thing. Um, You love all Cleveland professional sports. I do. You like
1: the Indians. You like the Cavs. Guardians. Let's not be offensive, Chris. Yes. Keep going.
0: Guardians. (laughs) Dumb name. You uh, like the Cavaliers. Yeah. Can I still say that? Yeah. (laughs) And you like the Browns. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, for some reason in college, you like the Nebraska Cornhuskers Um, go big red. uh, um, But here's the thing. Uh, I've got a couple of, what is your favorite professional Cleveland team? Like if you said, I would rather watch the Cavs over the guardians (laughs) or the Browns. What's your favorite The Browns? Okay. Absolutely. When's the last time the Browns did anything well?
1: They have not won a Super Bowl. Right. Okay. But. Okay. But no, they, no, 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 So you asked when the last time. Okay. Right before they. a Testaverde. In, no, right before they instituted the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. I believe they won eight NFL championships in 11 years. I mean. With the great Otto Graham. Okay. So I'm going to do a The couple, greatest quarterback of all time. I'm
0: going to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, I've got a few questions about. It's called Cleveland sports. Okay. But before that. I want to see how much of a fan you are. Zach, here's the question. Yeah. This would be a scruples question right here. Would you rather have a check for $250,000 presented to you right here Mm -hmm. or the guarantee that the Browns would win the next two Super Bowls? (laughs) What would you rather have?
1: There is a price that I would sacrifice. Yeah, but I would I would have to take the quarter million.
0: You would take the quarter million. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So we know there's a price. There is. Uh, what about a hundred thousand or the next two years of the Browns? <laughs> no.
1: Come on, just play the game. Do you want to know what my number is? Yes. I would probably give. <laughs> A few thousand dollars for a Super Bowl.
0: Are you kidding me? So your, your break point would be 2500 Probably, it's, yeah. 2500 you yeah. would say, I'll let the Browns take the Super Bowl for the next two years. I think
1: so, yeah. Wow. No, for one year. I, I'd maybe do five grand. Five grand for two, grand years. For two years? Yeah. I but, might make that. But trade. if I
0: said to you $10,000... You would take the ten thousand over two Super Bowls. I think I would. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's get to the trivia real quick. <laughs> also, because I've known I can you, be f- bought. I've known you for a long time. If you had a gift card to any restaurant where you could eat for free every day, what would it be? Chipotle. It's- okay, that's a, that's the yeah. correct answer. By the way,
1: thank you. All right. Uh, Which I've told the, everybody tells me I say that wrong. It's actually no, Chipotle. It, what'd you say? Chipotle. Uh,
0: All right. This is for the – this is classified only expert Cleveland sports fans know the answer to this. Let's start off with something simple. Where did the Cavaliers play before moving into Gund Arena?
1: Before uh, municipal? Richfield Coliseum.
0: Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, let's I. 83% of the people got that. So I I don't know. Do they
1: get multiple choice?
0: Mm, No, they did, but I I didn't give (laughs) that to you. What quarterback led the famous cardiac kids team of the early 1980s? Brian site. That's right. Let's go. Cardiac kids. All right. Um, let's see. No, that's dumb. Uh, who was the general manager for the Indians who built the playoff teams of the 1990s?
1: Uh, do, uh, Doyle? Uh, was it Doyle? <clears throat> uh, John. Oh, gosh. J- Jacobs. It was Jacobs Field. No, nah, John Hart. You John messed Hart. it up. All right.
0: Last uh, one. Last one. You're doing miserable. All right. Uh, what was commonly referred to as the mistake on the lake?
1: Uh, the, the Browns.
0: No, Cleveland Municipal Stadium. The municipal Stadium. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, oh, okay, this is the last one. Because the stadium's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's on a mistake lake. on the lake. Yeah. All right, what sharp shooting point guard for the Cavaliers was regarded as one of the best foul shooters in NBA history?
1: Mark Price. That's
0: right. Mark, oh, Mark price, price, baby. Good job. Two for
1: five. I'd like to invite Mark Price to come onto the podcast. As well,
0: well, maybe if you mention his name as many, many times
1: as uh, Cuff. The Price is right.
0: hey All right. So you did okay. 40%. That's the thing that's shocking to me in this podcast. We learned a lot, but that you would sell your favorite team that's never won a Super Bowl out for 10 grand for two years. I mean, that's like one of those t shirts, 10 grand. What would you, what? What would you, the Hawkers? Iowa
1: football team uh, you couldn't bribe me oh that's ridiculous you could not bribe that, me that is ridiculous i would say
0: i would say my enjoyment of the hawkeyes winning another national championship because they won their first one in 1954 like i i, I, I a billion dollars oh, maybe gosh,
1: that's you know what that a billion not even no maybe no maybe 500 million
0: tiger woods money it would take tiger woods live money for me to 200 bucks i'll do it i'll take it yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it cash or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do two hundred. <laughs> Don't say it. Cut that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for the Red Letter Disciple. We want to thank our fans in Kenya. Oh yeah, who made us number twenty nine in Kenya, Africa, under Christianity? Are you kidding me? Jumbo, is that right? I think so. Jumbo, think that's how you say hello? They're gonna go crazy. That's Swahili. Swahili for welcome, right? Hello. Hello jumbo all right jumbo everybody in kenya god bless take care we'll see you next time on the red letter disciple wow wow Wow! was that a fun episode i got to turn the mic around on zach wonder if they'll leave all that in there they'll cut some of those questions we don't know all right uh anywho that was great there's some cool insights there as well Zach talking about the power of habits. I've been staying with Zach the last few days, and this is uh, no joke, this man has habits. I sleep in, he goes for a jog for two miles, he's got the habit thing down. Um, And what about that Michael Phelps story? That was such a cool story, who knew? But one of the key takeaways today, of course, was the idea of keystone habits. And as we examined in the book, The Being Challenge. We examined some of Jesus's key, key, key uh, stone habits. And here's the thing. Jesus was committed to community, studied scripture, prioritized prayer, seeked seeked solitude, and uh, he chose church. So, uh, And it's amazing that he did that with such alliteration. I mean, that's impressive, right? I mean, that's impressive. I didn't. I knew Jesus spoke in parables. I did not know he spoke in alliteration. That's something that I've learned. Uh, so here's the thing. If you, you, we got an amazing team at Red Letter Living that goes through with a fine tooth comb and they pull out show notes. If you have not reviewed these show notes, these are fantastic. They're like cliff notes. So if you get tired of my red coat, you can literally just skip the whole episode and go to the show notes and get the gravy, you know, get a, get, the, get the good sauce from there. They do good stuff. Also, I'd like to thank um, our sponsor today who uh, bought my red bow tie and my sequin jacket, and that is Red Letter Living. Red Letter Living. If you haven't, go get your—if you're a pastor, and and just don't try to—you can't can't be anybody, right, Zach, and go get a free book. I mean, we got to sell some books, right? But if you're a pastor and you want to uh, get a free copy of The Being Challenge, go to com forward slash church and ladies and gentlemen this is the final episode of season two now if you enjoyed season two can i ask you one favor could you go online to wherever you listen to this youtube itunes where we somehow hit 26 in kenya Could you go online and could you leave us a five-star review if you liked it? And if you didn't like it, could you just not say anything? That would be fantastic. Just, you know what? The world's a cynical place. Just move on, you know? But if you liked it, give us five stars. Tell us why. And if you do, ladies and gentlemen, I think Zach will fly me back to Omaha for a season three. So I'm begging you because I love this place. There's a lot of good sub shops. You know, you get it. Anyway, guys, thank you. God bless. We hope this has been encouraging to you. And we look forward to seeing you for Uno Dos Trace Season Three of Red Letter Disciple. Good night and good day. Ahura Media Production.